Many people don't get what they want from what they do. Not from their jobs, sometimes not their families, the government, their religion, and most importantly, not themselves. In our culture, something's missing. Part of what is missing is purpose, values, worthwhile standards against which our lives can be measured. The unexamined life is not worth living, and that was said by Socrates about 2,000 years ago. I think it's correct. If you don't examine your life, you most likely will scramble about seeking distraction in media, people's approval, drugs, shallow things. The thing that drives me to do this show and much of what I do is to try and influence people to start believing themselves by firstly starting to think for themselves. I want to learn from people who seem to be on a similar path of self-discovery in business, leadership, relationships, education, mental health and physical health and more. If we can really start to take our life seriously, I mean like as if we're not coming back, as if this is all we're guaranteed of in this life, then we really start listening and really want to examine what life is all about. You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell, and I've got a very interesting topic that I want to share with you today. It's from a recent webinar that I hosted with two brilliant women, Louise Baxter, who's the CEO of the Starlight Foundation in Australia, and Dr. Susie Green, who is the founder of the Positivity Institute. Now, the Starlight Foundation, if you don't know what they do or who they are, I want you to go to their website right now, starlight.org.au. Now, they help over 600,000 very sick children across Australia. So in hospitals all across regional towns to cities. And when you've got children who have had chemotherapy, when you've got children who have terminal illness, you've got children who have been burned, it can be a very sad and lonely place, especially supporting the families of those children. But the Starlight Foundation have designed a program and a structure with over 400 to 500 staff and more volunteers. They have trained them up in the science of positive psychology. They've put a structure, a scientific structure around the company to be able to scientifically measure and improve their staff well-being, which equips them to be able to help children and do their jobs so well. It's been regarded in the top five best places to work in Australia. The only not-for-profit charity has been listed. They are onto something really big. I really commend what they do. I have friends who have been what we call Captain Starlights. So Captain Starlights are paid performers who are trained to be able to help those sick children in the wards. So they make the wards really fun. The Starlight Foundation helps hundreds of thousands of people. So in this conversation, I'm hosting a live webinar to hundreds of people all across the world. Some people tuned in from the UK, some people tuned in from Japan, and these are all people who are part of big organizations, sometimes government organizations, some of them were heads of departments. They're all interested in one thing, how can being positive in the workplace improve productivity? How can it improve performance? How can it improve well-being? And what's the consequence if we don't have a positive culture in our companies, in our businesses? As an entrepreneur myself, I'm interested in this too. And there is science to back up that happiness really matters in the workplace. And if you're interested, Dr. Susie Green is leading that in our nation. I want you to check them out. It's the positivityinstitute.com.au. They're about to release an online course actually that my company, Mentor Media, had just produced for her. And it's a very, very great conversation. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Louise Baxter, the CEO of Starlight Foundation and Dr. Susie Green. I just thought we'd just start off the conversation by trying to tease out what is positivity? What is 
positive psychology, Susie? Like, what's the difference between just normal psychology? Because yes. people hear psychology. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I think traditionally, and generally because uh, psychology really took off after the Second World War, where there was a need to treat disorders like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder mm. and depression, um, and we've needed to be able to treat those disorders, and we can actually very successfully treat those disorders. Uh, today, but um, there was a call by Professor Martin Seligman in 1998, who was the president of the American Psychological Association at the time, to say that the time has come for psychology to stop focusing on what's wrong with people and mm. to start focusing on what's right with them, their strengths and what makes the world a good place. And so it's 20 years on now, the science of positive psychology, uh, which is defined as the science of optimal human functioning. So really simply speaking, it's the science of us at our best. How do we become better human beings, if you like? So we're at a point where we actually know a lot about how to do that. Mm -hmm. And to be, and happiness is a large component of that. The Starlight Foundation help how many people? This year, we will support over 600,000 positive starlight experiences. That's an enormous number of children mm -hmm. who need our support. Starlight was actually established over 30 years ago. And um, the curve. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things that back then thought it was still all about the physical. That's right. But it's not. And I think that Starlight's been in this unique position that we were established to brighten the lives of seriously ill and hospitalised children. And we have stuck to that in the entire time. But what's happened is everybody else has kind of caught up with the concept that positivity is incredibly important. And for us, it's important because everything we do for the children is based in POSI. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be an authentic organisation, it means that everything we do for our team, which is all of our paid um, team members and also our amazing volunteers, mm -hmm. we need to be um, giving them the, po the, the potential to be their best self. Mm -hmm. And that means it's all about positive psychology. Yeah. And so for us, we actually do it. I know we're talking about positivity in the workplace. We've made the decision that we want to do this and provide this support for our team so that they can be their best self. Mm. Because we know, and that's kind of at home in their life, but we know if they have the ability to be their best self in that environment, they then have a better chance of bringing their best self into Starlight every day. What have you found with the research and yes. how does that, how's it applied, positive psychology yes. in the workplace? So everything uh, Louisa said, my brain immediately goes to the research to yes. support it. Yes. So it's, uh, it's interesting to observe it. But I think um, we now know that emotions are contagious uh, and there's uh, an effect that's called the social and emotional contagion effect. And most of us know that experience from a negative perspective mm -hmm. when you might have an interaction with somebody in the workplace and you walk away feeling absolutely drained mm -hmm. by that interaction. We know that every interaction that we have, uh, no matter how large or how small, can either energise us or deflate us. Mm -hmm. And the research has shown uh, that there are positive energisers uh, in the workplace uh, that actually create this positive emotional contagion effect. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess it's also raising awareness that 
when we talk about happiness and positivity, it's certainly not about being happy all of the time, the big yellow smiley face, um, because we want to normalize the full range of human emotions. And obviously with some of the challenges that I know the staff uh, face uh, at Starlight and the families they work with, the emotions of uh, fear, an appropriate amount of fear and sadness and, and anger, they're all normal emotions and we don't want to get rid of them because we actually know the more you try to get rid of something, the stronger it becomes. So we want to um, balance out and really build up and it's actually the theory underpinning, it's called broaden and build theory of positive emotions. The more you can build up positive emotions, they can buffer against some of those uh, mm. so-called negative emotions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of, I was just going to say, it's a credit bank. Yes. And so it works mm. in that way. And I think just on that point you made about it's okay to have those other feelings. Yes. Um, it's also, we need to be really clear within Starlight that being having a positive culture does not mean we all go around superficially agreeing with each other all the time <laughs> either. Yeah. You know, it, it means that we have we have to have robust debate mm. um, to get best outcomes. But you have that in a positive way and it's never about the individual. Yes. It's always about whatever is the opportunity or issue that you're yeah. discussing. And for us, that always that starts and ends with what is best for the child. Mm. You know, so that's our starting point. And so we, we have absolute clarity around our purpose, which is really you know, yes. a positive thing as well. But it's not just about being a superficially happy, smiley place. Right. Yeah. It's about being a strong yes. and real. positive culture. Yeah. And yes. real, real, yeah, absolutely. Is, authentic is really important to us. And when you have a high-performing team, um, you need to have them in that in that positive space. And it delivers. And you know, Starlight is an organisation. We're the fifth most reputable brand in Australia. Wow. Not just charity brand, but brand. Um, and that trust and reputation comes from having a high-performing team that's delivering positive experiences. We've also been um, ranked as a um, as a best employer in great places to work the only charity brand to ever be in those and up with some amazing organizations who are at the top of those lists and that would not be achieved if we did not have a positive workplace and a high performing team so from from our perspective um, we don't we weren't driven by that performance we're driven by enabling the individual to be their best self personally mm. and at work but it absolutely delivers so it's about the business outcomes that's and that's really important and you should never overlook this so it's not some fuddy-duddy thing where you're just being nice to your team yes. it's actually about having giving them the tools so that you can have a high performing team that's positive that's delivering and outperforming your business metrics mm you know, year in, year out. And also, then what happens is you attract great talent because people see, yep. you know, we're very strong on the thought leadership piece yeah. at Starlight and out there sharing because we want our impact not only to be within Starlight, if we can share some of our success and the way we've achieved it with others, that means that they can actually be more successful as well. Mm -hmm. So we want to share that success so that um, we can have a sphere of influence and the people who are within our influence can also be impacted in this way. So it's about business metrics and it helps you deliver. So uh, from my perspective, that's something that's incredibly important in that, this mix. That is so countercultural in so many ways, I feel like, because you think yeah. about people want the effect, right? They mm -hmm. want the results and they want to be able to smash their business metrics. 
we often think there's a certain cause to that mm. and the cause isn't positivity in the workplace. What yeah. is this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I, I hand you away that it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, and the research, you can't argue with the research. The re there's mm. significant research and a lot of it is coming out of the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan to show that these types of positive workplace practices have a, a significant impact on the, on the bottom line. Uh, and these are through objective measures as well, not just self-report measures. Uh, and there's a, a lot of supporting evidence to show that increased positivity, positive emotional states, uh, it significantly increases our capacity for creativity, innovation. Mm. So if you induce mm. people into positive mood states, and there's various ways you can do that in the workplace, you're going to have greater levels of creativity, innovation, some great research on the impact of uh, inclusion. People are more inclusive, particularly if there's diverse racial uh, groups working together. If you right. put them into a positive mood state, they're more likely to see how we're similar rather than how we're different. Um, decision making, I mentioned before, uh, some great research with surgeons actually that were given really complex medical decision making uh, problems and those put into a positive mood state made the much quicker, uh, better decision in a positive mood state. So it's very much about performance and I think often when we go into an organisation it's about well-being and there's nothing wrong with that or it's about mental health and that's really important too. But what we're trying to communicate is that what we're teaching and these skills of positivity and well-being are about well-being, they're about mental health, but they're also about capability and not just for leadership capability, but for capability of everybody in the organisation. If I was in the audience right now, I'd be really excited hearing about this, this stuff, but yes. I'll also be thinking practically how does it look? Yes. Like how do we practically apply, apply site to the workplace or yes. for example to uh, Starlight. Yeah, absolutely yeah. and Starlight were actually the first organisation that we worked with at the Positivity Institute who were brave enough I guess to uh, pioneer uh, when many organisations were still quite cynical about um, what positive psychology was mm. and uh, I think for, for me and for, for our institution, it starts with education. Um, and we've got a long way to go yet in our communities in terms of psychoeducation around well-being, psychological well-being. We've for so long waited until the curveballs have come and we've treated, which I spent years as a clinician treating people, but we're now starting to teach children these skills at school. So it's starting to filter in uh, and children, my dream is that they grow up with these skills. Mm -hmm. But um, given we do spend a third of our lives at work, uh, generally speaking, we want to equip as many people in our workplaces, in our communities um, with these skills. So education's first, yeah. uh, but then working with the organisation, and I'm sure Louise will be able to speak to this, it's not a program and that's really mm. important. Mm. And that's why if it starts with the education, then we work with the organisation in a collaborative way to determine Firstly, what are you already doing well here that aligns with the science? But then what other opportunities are there that are going to fit within your culture and the ethos of your wow. organisation? So be tailor-fitted to... Absolutely. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How have you found that outworked into Starlight over the years? Yeah, well, for us, um, it was... it it was something that just made so much sense because we've always been about positivity and we've seen the impact of brightening lives for these children. So for us to be that authentic organisation, we had to ensure that was our people could, could deliver on that because we want every experience that any person has with a Starlight team member, no matter where they are within the organisation, to be a positive experience. And so from us, it's a perfect cultural fit 
And if I just even kind of mention our value, at Starlight we have one value and that is to shine. Mm. And we shine in a variety of ways, but we shine in the first instance for our purpose. Mm. So that means we have this you know, alignment and engagement to our purpose and we're all committed to that. Um, we shine by being exceptional. So that's our individual commitment about positivity mm. and the fact that we commit to bring our best self to starlight every day. Mm. We shine by being exceptional. That is us thinking about the customer experience. You know, customer centricity is suddenly a big buzzword again. Yeah. Um, and uh, we think about through their eyes in their shoes. So how do we make this an exceptional experience for everyone? Mm. And, um, and then we shine brighter together. So that's about relationships and innovation and collaboration. Mm. But we don't want people to know that by rote. We just want people to be questioning themselves every day and say, am I shining in doing this? How can I shine more brightly? And so key to that is also being giving people the opportunity to actually leave if they're not aligned mm -hmm. and engaged. Because I think sometimes people think they've got to stay at an organization. And sometimes you're in a different position. And if you're not aligned with the destination, so the mission and vision of the organization, and also the route that they're wanting to take to get there, mm. you need to think about why you're there. Yeah. Because if you become that negative person who sits mm. in a corner and is divisive and disgruntled that's and is right. just pulling other people there, that's not working for you and it's not working for the organization. Yeah. And what you'll find is if those people leave, they feel better, yeah. um, the organization's in a better space and they take often remarkable skills and capabilities somewhere else. So it's about flourishing yes, and you have yeah. to be able to do that. And I love that positive psychology really focuses on individuals' meaning. It asks the question about well, how do you derive meaning from work and it asks those questions, doesn't it, Sue? Yeah, absolutely. And purpose, as Louise said, is mm -hmm. a big part of that. And I think one of the strategies that works quite powerfully is when uh, people have an opportunity to think about their role and it might be you know, a, a fairly small uh, aspect of, of what the organisation's trying to do, but the greater you can make a linkage to the purpose of the organisation, if you wake up in the morning and, and you think, actually, this is what I am a part of and what we're doing, it, it can have a significant impact on your wellbeing and uh, there's a lot of research to support that as well. Uh, for other people, um, it's about finding meaning in their everyday uh, roles or everyday you know, life at work as well. Mm -hmm. And so they might not be there, think that their role is uh, something that they, they want to do forever, but if they can sense, get a sense that I'm having a positive impact on the people around me, mm -hmm. um, you know, and find some meaning in their everyday life, that can also impact on the wellbeing, which then emanates to everyone around them. Yeah, because like you mentioned before, we work a third of our lives. Like we, it's a long time of our- At work, uh, at yes. Work. And Gallup's studies show that majority of people don't like their work. No. They, they, so the, what does that mean? If someone doesn't like their work, what are some of the side effects or consequences of that in the workplace? Oh, well, uh, firstly, I guess, is reduced productivity because you're not mm -hmm. feeling it. And we all sort of intuitively know that, but there's a lot of great research to support that now. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we can have uh, presenteeism where, as you said, you still turn up, but 
you're not really there. Um, and, mm. and I think the biggest issue is the impact, as Louise said, that you can have on the people around you. Yeah. But we have a saying at Positivity Institute, life's too short to languish, which is the opposite of flourishing. Mm. Um, and if you think about it, we're not here for a very long time in the history of time on the planet. Um, no one wants to go to work miserable. Um, and of course, sometimes we may feel that I can't leave this job, even if there's a recognition that it's not a great strengths alignment or mm. a purpose alignment. But there are ways uh, through strategies that we refer to as job crafting. So there are ways that you can craft the tasks, the, the, the tasks in your daily job, the relationships who you're spending time with. And also a lot of it comes down to um, what we call cognitive crafting, which very simply means, how am I viewing my job? So if I come mm -hmm. in here thinking, God, another day at this place and I can't wait to get out of here, that is going to have a significant impact on how you feel. Whereas if you think, okay, maybe I'm not going to be in this role forever, but there might be other fantastic opportunities, or while I'm here, I'm going to do my very best to help as many people around me or you know, to make some simple, small tweaks. So a lot of it comes down to your mindset and the way you approach coming to work as well. So just thinking about that purpose and how important that is for people. Mm -hmm. At Starlight, um, a number of years ago, I actually noted that some people were talking to me and I realized, this is when I first came to Starlight in the CEO role, some people had not actually experienced our Starlight programs. Now, we have such clarity of impact and purpose and such, it's so inspiring to be connected to that impact. Mm. So immediately we started to think and introduced a program called Get Connected. So at Starlight, every individual, no matter where you work in the organization, mm. must get connected for half a day every quarter. Mm. That means you leave your role, whether it's in the finance or the technology team or the fundraising team, and you experience a Starlight program firsthand. Mm. If you do this, it means that you are so personally connected to the impact. You get to see and observe the impact of Starlight in transforming a child's life. Mm. You see a child come into a Starlight Express room, head down, shoulders down, obviously with the burden of the world on their shoulders, often in a wheelchair with an IV drip. You see them come in and you see that same child mm. 10 minutes later after the captain Starlights mm. have connected and engaged with the child within, roaring with laughter mm. as if they don't have a care in the world and at that moment you completely understand the impact that you're having because every single person at starlight contributes to and owns the impact of starlight yes yeah, not just the people who work in the yeah. programs team mm. and i want everybody to feel incredibly proud about that yeah. and to appreciate that but the other thing is if they don't do that the burden is just a regular business burden. <laughs> so it's just mm. like working anywhere else. Yes. Yes. And if we have such amazing clarity of purpose, yeah. then we need to be leveraging that so that our team shares that and feels good. It also means they can, they, they can be great advocates. Yeah. And that means that when they have that conversation mm. with our, you know, our donors, our supporters, the people in their health, um, profession who often, you know, if you have a more senior person in the in a hospital environment, they're not directly connected. Yeah. So we need people to be able to connect because that connection to impact, mm. that's why people give. Yeah, people give right. with there's, their heart. There's bubbles. Hey, people that's are in right. their own bubbles, that's and they're it. yeah, yeah for So sure. it's about yeah. it's about connecting to heart. Yes. Um, because people switch off with the facts and they turn on to the stories. Yes. Mm. And so it's about having your own personal stories. Yeah. 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 And I think Louise is and 
wonderful example of a leader who does this very well. Totally. That doesn't happen in all organisations. And I guess in those situations, it, it's, it comes back more to what I was saying before about the mindset or the attitude that you can take mm -hmm. uh, when you come to work. But ideally, you want a leader, a leadership team, uh, and your own leader in, within your own team setting to from time to time make connect the dots as mm -hmm. to what we're doing individually and at a team uh, level to connect to the purpose of the organisation. That's mm -hmm. what a great leader does. It'd be really good for us to talk about just the, the PERMA model, yes. just like for those who don't know about PERMA and about PostSite. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll hand it to the guru. <laughs> okay. So, yes, yeah, so PERMA is uh, a really common model, a framework, if you like, that's uh, utilised in positive psychology. It was created by Professor Martin Seligman mm. um, to, I guess, help us understand what makes for a flourishing individual or flourishing teams or flourishing organisations. So it's PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Uh, often people will now add an H to it, but uh, P is positive emotions. So we know that flourishing mm. individuals, teams, organisations experience as a whole more positivity, more positive emotions than mm. negative emotions. High levels of engagement. So that's uh, what we refer to as being in the flow state where you're completely absorbed in an activity, you lose track of time, mm. um, and it's often associated with strengths use. So when mm. people know what their strengths are, um, which is a really core component of positive psychology in the workplace, so and good. they're using their strengths, they feel energised uh, and engaged. And positive psychology helps to find those strengths here. Yeah, there's there's research and tools. Mm. And yeah, we're fairly explicit about that, and Louise might talk a little bit about yeah. how that's done at Starlight as well. Mm. Um, then R is relationships, positive relationships, which out of all the factors that have been studied to impact on well-being, that is the trump card. It's the mm. one that comes up as having, uh, together with meaning, uh, and they're often so tightly associated anyway. Yeah, right. um, and then uh, meaning, M is meaning. So we've spoken a little bit about the importance of meaning and purpose. A is accomplishment, which is a really interesting one because we know from the research that when we are making progress, particularly towards our personally meaningful goals, so when the, the tasks and the goals we're working on are aligned to our values and um, are meaningful for us. We make, we make greater progress on our goals, we achieve, we accomplish, um, and there's high levels of well-being. But often in the workplace, we see accomplishment having a detrimental effect to well-being. So people mm. working overly engaged. So there's a little bit of a dark side here. Mm. Um, so we're really trying to balance out accomplishment and well-being. So accomplishment has a positive impact rather than a detrimental impact. And then the H I mentioned is health. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there's more and more connections being made now, both scientifically and I think most of us intuitively know that physical health has an impact on psychological health and psychological health has an impact on on physical health. Yeah. And we and we obviously use the PERMA model within yeah. Starlight. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the key things is that every team member who joins Starlight um, uh, is goes through a process and understands their own personal strengths yeah, um, wow. within the model. So, you know, my number one strength is zest. <laughs> and, and, I and I warn everybody, uh, both of us, match. that's right, that's right. <laughs> we so, so we warn everybody about that. Um, <laughs> um, but I also then, and we they're not weaknesses, but you have lesser strengths, <laughs> which means that we have opportunities to grow because this is about growth as individuals. Because at Starlight, we're not going to grow as an organisation unless we're all committed to growing as individuals. 
And so a lesser strength of mine is actually appreciation of beauty, mm. which means I stop myself now and it's probably, it's probably the um, opposite of zest that I'm going so fast I'm not noticing things, mm. but yeah. it means it slows me down, it makes me stop and I'll look at that beautiful beach. The other day I was walking along the beach, there was a little pelican that was uh, you know, marooned on a little rock by itself and you took the time to kind of look at that, whereas maybe before I'd race past. So pause psych and, and knowing about yourself means that you can improve yourself. So. But it also means that we share our strengths mm -hmm. um, uh, among the team, mm -hmm. which means people know each other's. And we've even set up groups where people have mentored and, and somebody who has a high appreciation of beauty is mentoring somebody else who has a, high, who has a lower appreciation of beauty. So yeah. it's, um, it's one of that, so it's, it's not, everybody's proud of, um, mm. of their strengths and the fact that we all have different strengths. Because I think that's the, the great thing we, we need to be different to be the best organisation we can be. We need to have complementary, we need people who are respectful of everybody's differences. And I think that the, the positivity in the PERMA model gives us that ability does, yeah. to actually respect each other's differences and to learn from that. So Absolutely. it's, it's a great way to set it up, which means we're all moving towards being in flow Mm -hmm. and flourishing and, and achieving great things too oh, and the right strengths being used to achieve those goals absolutely and we celebrate mm. we are very big on appreciation so mm. thanking yeah. we even have um, a moment in time where we stop and the entire organization including all our board members has a list of individuals that they just stop and the whole organization stops at that moment we call it a thankathon and we all just call and thank Incredible. okay yeah. so and people just pick up the phone and a board member will call and say we're just calling to say thank you or what you don't want anything else because so <laughs> people are so used to being just asked for stuff mm -hmm. and we just want people to thank without being asked for wow. anything else mm -hmm. um, and take and it's just so good so the whole team sitting there drawing and, and, and they either send thank you cards etc and even our internal people and culture systems we now have an app which we can thank people mm -hmm. by and, and appreciate what they've done. So if someone's, you know, uh, done something wonderful in a day, I can just, you know, people can just send them a thank you and an appreciation and their manager sees that. Yeah. So very instant ways to involve people and reach out and, and practice what we preach. Mm. Because, and this is, you know, it's at the essence of what we do for our programs, but it, we still have to work hard. So it doesn't mean that just because we have clarity around our purpose and, mm -hmm. and that purpose is strong, that this just happens. It doesn't. Mm. We have to work hard at this every day. Yes. We have to be consistent with our communication. So it's not, nothing that falls in our lap. In fact, mm. the engagement piece, often organisations in our space have lower engagement because people are so connected to the purpose, mm. they actually believe they, they've got a better way of doing it because their purpose connection is so strong. <laughs> they don't want to go the way the organisation goes. Wow. But the engagement piece is critical because if we don't have that alignment and engagement, mm. we're not going to be an effective and efficient organisation. And we're custodians of the donor dollar, so we must be effective and efficient. Mm -hmm. So to do that, we have to be aligned about the destination and the way we get That's there. That's really mm. important because yeah. I, there's a lot of challenges uh, in the workplace with people with low morale and mm -hmm. productivity and engagement. They're like top three for a lot of places. Yeah, so. well, we, we, have, we have the opposite of that, but we really work 
Every person mm. works every day at keeping that. And it's, it's something that, you know, our high engagement scores, that's not about me. That's not about any individual. It's not about our exec team, our national managers. It's about every single person at Starlight bringing their best star self to Starlight every day and being committed to making it the workplace it is, yeah. which is an inclusive, fair, you know, honest, transparent, authentic organisation. Mm -hmm. And that means that we can get those high engagement results. It's mm -hmm. owned by everyone. Yeah, and is there a way, because I can, I just got this, I've got these questions coming through <laughs> in my in-ears about, from people <laughs> listening. Um, is there a way to measure this? Yeah. That's something I think Starlo have done very well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We, um, we measure um, regularly and uh, we measure our engagement. There's a lot of things that go into an engagement score, which is about alignment, it is trust, there's mm. respect, um, there's clarity of purpose, clarity of roles. So we, um, we want to measure this on an ongoing basis so that, and, and what we do is we really listen to what people tell us. So sometimes, you know, we've been given feedback that um, uh, the work environment could be a more positive pace, space if we improve technology. So we listen on that and we hear that and we improve that. And we're really open when we get those results, not on just sharing the good news, mm -hmm. but on sharing that this is what you heard, you, we, you told us, yeah. and we have heard you loud and clear and we're going to change. Mm. So constantly respecting, you don't want to do a, a any kind of um, survey that gives you results in this space and then ignore it. Absolutely. Because that's the worst thing you can that's possibly do. You, you know, happen a lot, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we did it, say, but oh, we were pretty good here, so we're just ignoring that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Mm. Or, you know, we've collected all this data and we've heard nothing else. Yeah. Um, and I think the communication piece is crucial, even if you can't wave a magic wand and fix everything to the degree that everybody wants it. Absolutely. To communicate, to say we've heard and this is one small step, this is a bigger issue that's going to take some yeah. time, but the communication is really important. Absolutely, because if you, if you do that and then they hear nothing, yeah. people start to make stuff up. That's right. They become disgruntled, they think what's going on behind that closed door. Yeah. But we have a really open, so we, we get the results in and where we know that there's something that we could improve, we go straight to that. If it's team or state or whatever is the basis of that, go reach out and say, we've, we've noted in the survey that this was coming up. We want to hear from you how we can improve that. Mm. And so we go straight back out. Yeah. And I think that that ongoing dialogue, really, it's not, yeah. it's, it's, um, Communication can sound like it's all it's all um, uh, constructed and yeah. delivered. Mm. It has to be two way. Oh, yeah. So it is a dialogue, and people feel really valued. And I think that's what the gratitude piece does as well. And most people, when they are, you often hear when they're feeling disgruntled, is because they don't feel valued. Mm, uh, so true. the gratitude piece. Um, when it's done, you know, genuinely, not superficially, but when it's done in a really genuine way that uh, people do feel valued, it's really powerful. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm just wondering if people wanted to get behind positive psychology and they wanted to implement it in their business, how would they go about that? Like, What would be the first yeah, steps? Yeah, well, obviously we would love to help um, and we do provide workshops. We're, we're launching a new digital program next year, which is really exciting because often uh, you know, there's budgetary constraints and, 
and we often know, uh, as many people listening will know, that it's the leaders that benefit and there's been large investments made into leadership development and also in this space around positive leadership, which is important because we know the leaders have a big impact on the culture and in fact it's the most common reason people will leave because of a bad boss, if you like. Um, but often when we run these programs for leaders, the feedback is, this isn't just for us, this is for everyone. So we've had that feedback consistently. Uh, so to make it, I guess, a scalable way, we've created a digital program that can be rolled out to all staff, which I'm personally really excited about. Mm. But we also do a lot of leadership uh, coaching as well, one-on-one, um, -on -one, um, particularly if they've got, they're in a position where they can be these positive energizers. And, and some of that research uh, I mentioned before too has shown that the impact of the leader from an energy perspective isn't just on their team, it goes right back to the home life of the team members, the research is showing as well. Mm. So no pressure on you if you're a leader, but, <laughs> uh, but again, this investment in yourself. And I think we're also realising uh, that there's no differentiation between personal development and professional development, that the personal mm. does affect professional. And the content, we're, we're not teaching the technical skills of being a manager, we're mm. teaching the skills around uh, great leadership, coaching how to bring out the best in people, how to build a, a positive relationship with someone. They're, mm. they're the key skills. And for those who would love to hear more about the Starlight Foundation, how they can get behind you, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing lately and how they can get behind Starlight. Okay. Well, at Starlight, uh, because we're all about positivity and happiness and, and, and really we have that you know, mantra that we want everyone to experience a happy childhood because happiness matters and we've talked about the fact that that body of evidence that supports mm. the importance of happiness and as part of that we have a program called Five Days of Happy mm. and people can get behind that and actually implement our Five Days of Happy into mm. their own workplace. Because I think one of the things about this is we're not always at that optimal place. We're not always in flourish. Yes. You know, and you learn things through positive psychology that means you can stop yourself and change. Mm. And I think that's the really interesting piece. I notice um, in post psych there's a thing called ants, which are automatic negative thoughts. And you often have ants. You know, I'll have an ant at one stage. You walk into a space or you hear something's happening and you kind of go, oh, no. And then you stop and think, hang on a minute, that's an ant. <laughs> and actually, this might be a better outcome. So you can talk yourself into the positive space as opposed to mm. staying in that negative. And so our five days of happy puts together five really easy to use mm. kind of tips um, that you can access every day. It's an, and it's a challenge. It's a, it's five a challenge. Day. It's, it's a five days straight of doing things. And you will notice if you use mm. the five days of happy, and we worked with Susie on developing our five days of happy, you will change personally. And as Susie said, there's really not that difference between personal and work. And uh, we've just had one of our partners, Virgin Australia, mm -hmm. have just implemented five days of happy yes. and had their entire team ticking off, and I won't give it all here now, I won't give it away, there's got to be something that you kind of buy into, mm. but it was, um, it was really successful for them. And on the day that was all about gratitude and appreciation, our teams planned something very special and went to their 
to, to the Virgin Australia team and uh, had something that was customised and appropriate uh, and meaningful for them on that day, which is great. But we'd encourage everyone to contact Starline about five days of happy because it's a great starting point and it just yeah. introduces you. But it's simple. People can do it themselves. It makes a difference from them personally and that kind of you're not really differentiating we're not different people at work so if yes. we're you know if we're happy more positive at home that's our ability to then bring our best self into the workplace absolutely. and that's what we all want absolutely and, so, and I find sometimes people are quite surprised they might come to it a little cynical and we usually say just hold it lightly and you know trial it do it as an experiment and over and over again we have people coming back surprised at how powerful Sim and often, in many cases, quite simple strategies yeah. can have on your own well-being, your families, and the people around your work. Why do you think people are resilient to think doing things like this? If they were like, um, maybe the word "happy" turns them off. Maybe yeah. uh, the challenge or. Uh, what, what do you think? Well, there are often, as Louise said, uh, quite a lot of ants about, oh, this won't work for me. I've mm. tried that before. This is all happy-dappy. This is all new age stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's, I, I would question, I would suggest, encourage that you are mindful of your ants, the sort of thoughts that you might have around doing it, uh, particularly if you're doing it in a team. I think it would be a great exercise to do as a team. Mm. Um, and be a little bit open and, um, you know, hold it lightly, trial it, and mm. you very likely to be very surprised at the positive impact that it can have. I think that light touch is really important. Yeah. Don't come in thinking this is some serious, you know, psychological training <laughs> you're going to do that's going to change oh. everything in the world. If you just come in and accept it for what it is, yes. but you'll be amazed at the impact that it mm. has. Yeah. And just changing tiny things because you choose. And I think too yeah. often every day people... I don't know, they get into a habit of choosing grumpy and, yep. and not positive thoughts. And it's like if you actually choose the happier thoughts, if you, if you make the eye contact, if, you're, if you say thank you, if you do all those things, it makes you feel better. Yeah. And then it makes everyone around you feel better. A absolutely. And it just grows. And there's some uh, great recent research on what's called prioritising positivity. And there are individual differences uh, between, between people as to how much we prioritise positivity in our lives. And those that create a daily ritual or a weekly ritual mm. where they've got activities, people that they know are going to have a positive impact on their mood, um, have much higher levels of well-being. So it is a matter of being a bit creative and, and also some self-awareness around what are the things that have a positive impact on my mood state. Mm. Yeah, I often think too when I'm in a, in a bad state, but what gets me out is asking myself a question like what's the consequence of me remaining in this bad right. state? Yeah, yeah. Because w w think of the quality of decisions that you make when That's you're right. grumpy. There's research yeah. on that. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Examine Life podcast. Now, if you're interested in mental health and improving your well-being and particularly overcoming stress and anxiety, I wrote a book last year called Life Hacks for Mindful Living. And it's a book full of tools, tips and tactics to be able to deal with stress and anxiety. So jump on my website, mattpersonal.com, and you'll find e-versions, audio books and hard copies there. And I've got some exciting guests coming up and some fun Q&As. I'm going to call them in between episodes where I'm going to answer your questions that you submit. If you go to my website and you go to my Instagram, which is at Matt Purcell Official. So get excited, keep in touch with us, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.